Hi, welcome to My Ireland Adventure. I'm your host, Laurie Callahan. And I am your other host, Joe Ormond. Laurie is from Shreveport in Louisiana, the United States of America. And Joe is from Kilsheelan, County Tipperary, Ireland. And together we like to travel the beautiful Emerald Isle and we want to take you along with us. Because we love what we do and we want you to love it too. All right, welcome back to the second part of John Mitchell. What, what you got for us today, Joseph? Yes, it's the second part of the John Mitchell story. And I hope uh, anybody that's listened to the first part is looking forward to listening to the second part because this is where John uh, is most of his time in America. And that's the, that's what's uh, interesting about this man. So we're just going to run straight into it and continue on from the previous episode where we stopped off and just run on with that. He was a well-known uh, Irish Republican hero uh, in Ireland at that stage. He, the word had gone. The word had spread about John Mitchell. He had, uh, bear in mind, of course, many of the Irish in New York at this stage had come across on what was well known as the famine ships during the famine years and uh, Ireland's population had dropped from 9 million to around 6 million at the time around a million of those had died and the others had um, been uh, they, they were emigrated to the states and Canada and other parts of the world but mostly America and a lot of them ended up in New York so the feelings of the anti-British feeling and so on was very very fresh and very raw at the time, and John Mitchell's name would have been synonymous with the, the fight against the British regime and what he was doing for the common people. So he was very, very much highly regarded, uh, a major Republican nationalist hero. So when he got to New York, he was received uh, with, with a huge... Um, he, they, they accepted him. He got ticketed almost parades through the streets. Mm-hmm. He got civic receptions in city halls and all the major Catholic and uh, Republican uh, Irish community hailed him as a hero. Yeah, he was, so he was very welcome. Yeah. Mm. Only problem is uh, that didn't last. Now, before we go any further, um, I think we should read at this point, which it gets a little bit uh, controversial. Mm. This is very mm-hmm. it's controversial when he gets to America. Very Be- contradictory. And this is the this is the contra- this is the this part the, that yeah. we need to explain a little further. And um, he his newspaper, the United Irishman, had the doctrine, and this is what that doctrine um, read as, and this is it. It, it stated that uh, declared that the Irish people had a distinct and indefeasible right to their country, and to all the moral and material wealth and resources thereof. As a distinct sovereign state, that the life of one peasant was as precious as the life of one nobleman or gentleman, that the property of the farmers and the labourers of Ireland was as sacred as the property of all the noblemen and gentlemen in Ireland, and also immeasurably more valuable, and that every free man and every man who desired to become free ought to have arms and to practice the use of them. So... Just having listened to what you read, as far as the mindset of John Mitchell and his beliefs, it sounds to me like he was definitely a person who believed in equality of all human beings. Exactly. That's what it comes across yeah. as. You could take no other... Um, you, couldn't, you, couldn't, you can't take anything else 
from that. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's or away from you, that. Yeah. That's all you could say about that. And he, he's continued fight, um, you know, and, and against the, the British state mm-hmm. and his deportation of Ireland. Uh, he was a man of his word, uh, you know. He 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 fulfilled that, and he definitely seemed to believe everything he uh, stood for. You and know, for him to have written that, yes, well, said it, let alone haven't yes. written it. You obviously he is speaking against so many of what so many at the time believed anyway, or how hmm. they wanted life to be. So, where is the contradiction? Or tell us about <laughs> that. Well, this is where it gets tough. And equality seemed to be the big mm-hmm. thing in, in that whole doctrine. That's exactly what he was saying, in my opinion, there. Yeah, yeah, that people, all people should be equal. So, even though he was hailed as a hero getting to New York and they all loved him and everything, and especially the Catholic Church, the Catholic leaders, and he, within maybe six months, um, fell out of favor, big time, uh, with the same people. Um, is that because he spoke his mind? It's because he spoke his mind, all right. But uh, his mind at that time was basically to, um, you know, to to be in favor of slavery. He was pro-slavery. So he was pro-slavery in the United States. Yes. And at that time, that's when slavery, it was coming to a very, uh, you know, there was a, uh, there were, attempts to abolish slavery in but he was in favor of it yes so abolitionists yeah. were were a common mm. place in that time that's when it so was the complete opposite of what he just said <laughs> of what the yeah what his beliefs in writing were yeah you could you would have to say that was completely contradictory he, yeah yeah apparently definitely no he 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 certainly seemed if you out if you dig deeper into his thoughts and his beliefs i'm not saying these are my beliefs or yours either but what i'm saying is that yeah, not at all. in 1854 or whatever that he he seemed to think that slavery was a good idea jesus <laughs> okay so how did he try or attempt to justify the completely different opinions I mean that they they cannot coexist in my opinion. I mean as far as on one hand these people should all be equal, but on the other hand these people it's okay to own them. Hmm. Well, straight away he was shunned by the Catholic Church, the hierarchy of the Catholic Church in, because in of New his York. Yeah. In were the first slavery. people. Yeah. Were or the first people to shun him, and you know not basically not to have anything to do with them at this stage it it wasn't that important that they that they embraced him in america because he was going to be of no great gain uh especially when he had come out of this hmm. that they wanted to distance themselves from this kind of stuff because it was certainly not what they believed in and this was new york of course it was the north of america for people who may not understand at Trying to the deal time with the it. north and the south yeah so as a result of that, um, John Mitchell and his family had joined him at this stage, and he had two sons uh, who were well grown up, and his wife, and um, they had joined him. So he, he decided to uh, take himself uh, to to the more southern states um, in, in America, towards uh, 
well, you know, in Knoxville, Tennessee is where he set up a uh, camp for himself, and that's where he lived for many years. And uh, he he found that there was more people of his own beliefs in that area. Well, sure, because there were you know people benefiting from slavery in that area. So true, and it's a it's a very strange um, idealism he had, I suppose, that some of the things that that he's accredited with you know quoted in fact no doubt he said these things that um he's he's one of his uh, wishes he said as uh, in a, in, this was in correspondence to a, a catholic priest of his friend of his he 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 stated that he he, rev- he wanted to m- make the u.s people proud and fond of slavery as a national Mm-mm. institution and to advocate an extension by reopening the trade in negroes this is quoted Slavery he promoted for its own sake, and you know it was good in itself to uh, for to enslave Africans to is is impossible or to set them free either. They are born and bred slaves. The Catholic Church may condemn the enslavement of men, but this venture could not apply to Negro slaves. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's again flies in the face of what what he stood for and believed for when he was in Ireland. Now, strangely enough. Uh, yeah, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around how how you can justify the differences in opinions within the same person. How <laughs> it is, it's 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 crazy to say he's remarkable is is, is an understatement. Um, apparently, he he started a, a another newspaper in in the area of uh, Tennessee called so- the Southern Citizen, and he moved to Washington D.C. with with. Uh, and that paper circulated widely through the southern states. And um, funny enough, though, uh, he, his wife, uh, whose name was Jenny, um, she had reservations regarding all this idea, and she refused to run a house which was uh, based on slavery. So Good she was her. not going to, she was not going to be part of what he was believing, and. Uh, very odd because it was, there was they never split up or anything like that. It didn't cause mm. a rift in their marriage, and they stayed married until the day they died. Um, the other thing was uh, significant with with Mitchell was uh, two of his sons fought in the Civil War at the Battle of Gettysburg in uh, eighteen sixty three. Both of them. Uh, both of them. Mm. Uh, yeah. They fought and died uh, mm. in the battle. So uh, that left a scar, I'm sure, and a loss for both himself and his wife. So, um, again, funny enough, he's so colourful, this guy, he uh, he never rated Abraham Lincoln either, seemingly. And I guess uh, Abraham Lincoln is pretty well thought of in the States, is he? By some. By some. Um, Mitchell... Mitchell's view of him was that he was an ignoramus and a bore. Oh, well, I'd ever heard anyone yeah. necessarily say that about Abraham Lincoln, but okay. I don't think that ever came into the movie, was it? Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> played him in that, didn't he? Uh, an Irishman. An Irishman, oh, funny enough, oh, played, oh. played uh, Abraham Lincoln, yeah. Um, not an apostle at all, he said he was, or okay. no great reformer, not so much an abolitionist except by accident, and a man of very small account in every way. That was Mitchell's view on Abraham Lincoln. That's interesting yeah. that he would say something like that, um, <laughs> especially considering what 
his ideas are and beliefs and what he thinks to be or thought to be right. Exactly. It's funny, it has to be said that Mitchell's view uh, in when he got to America um, drew a parallel with what he saw in Ireland. Now, what are, I'm not saying this is right or wrong either. I'm just saying this is what his view was, that he saw the North and South in America at that time being similar and drawn parallels with the British and the Irish uh, and the way that the Irish were treated in Ireland by the British. But uh, he didn't see the same thing for how blacks were being treated as far as being enslaved to Southerners. This or, is, excuse me, to, to American people. This is the odd part of it. And uh, he he saw that the, the Union States in America and England were, as he put it, the commercial manufacturing and money broken power, greedy grabbing and griping and groveling. And... Uh, that's the way he he likened uh, the the both compar- the comparison between the two, and he, that's the way he saw it, which was, it was kind of strange. And um, eventually, anyway, he he became at odds with America. He ended up back in New York, and he got involved in another newspaper called the New York Daily News. So he went from Tennessee, yeah, back up to New York. Yeah, I'm sure after the Civil War. Uh, that that's where he came back to again, and he actually ends up being arrested uh, in the offices of the newspaper. So he was probably still following the same sort of uh, line of of what he had before the Civil War to to pro slavery. Hmm. Although I think he did soften a little bit on his views there. And anyway, he got arrested, and um, he was interned at Fort Monroe. Uh, that's a famous one, isn't it? Uh, in Virginia and um, he had Jefferson Davis uh, uh, Senator Clement Claiborne Clay who these boys were accused of uh, conspiracy to assassinate Lincoln as as um, company there were the other prisoners in there so he was released anyway and and the condition was that he'd leave America Hmm. so Get the hell out of Dodge. This, he, he seemed to follow a similar Take line. Take your crazy ideas <laughs> and leave. The British wanted him out of Ireland. Uh, he got to Bermuda. <laughs> he got to Van Diemen's Land. He escaped from there. He got to America. And eventually, after many years in America, they deported him too. And he ended up back in France for a little bit. Uh, but eventually, anyway, he returned to dear old Ireland. And... Hmm. Uh, I think it was like 25 years after he leaving. And he was received well. Huh? He was received again with a hero's welcome. Hmm. 10,000 people lined the streets. To, Give him a few minutes. To, <laughs> well, back to where we started. <laughs> yeah. Back to where we started, back in County Cork, uh, where he left uh, from Cove uh, in our previous episode we'd mentioned. So here he was, back in Cork, lining the streets, Greeting the, greeting the hero, a Republican and nationalist hero, which he definitely had uh, achieved a hell of a lot uh, to support the Irish in, in their need of, uh, time of need uh, while he was in Ireland and did did an awful lot of good for them. But anyway, um, funny enough, he did stand for Parliament, he did stand for election, and oddly enough, the constituency which he was going to represent 
was it dear old Tipperary, Tipperary. and uh, but he never got to um, fulfil that because uh, the English would not allow him to take his seat, and and um, they abolished him again. He was he was thrown out, and uh, his seat was uh, awarded to the nearest Conservative opponent, <laughs> which would not be unusual anyway. So he uh, he 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 died in eighteen seventy five, and um, he was uh, he was actually brought back to Newry in County Down and buried in County Down. And um, as we said in the beginning, he was a uh, quite a colorful character. Colorful, controversial, and definitely um, contradictory. Try um, back here in Ireland. He when there was. Uh, uh, 50th anniversary and probably 100 150th anniversary of himself in the 1960s um, people started to sort of distance themselves from John Mitchell too even though there was a, an erection of a statue of him in, in Newry um, because of his beliefs and particularly I suppose the Catholic Church turned their back on him the Catholic Church had a huge, uh, you know, the the people followed what what was being said from Down the altars. The oh, okay. Yeah, in Ireland at that time, they had huge uh, sway in wh- what people believed in, and you you, you really didn't you dare to go against um, the the clergy at that. You know, mm-hmm. even in the nineteen yeah. sixties, yeah. but especially before, and um, so. That's how he found he, the fact. The fact that he had, uh, you know, offended the, the the church in such a way, uh, was probably the thing that, um, you know, was his big, was his biggest downfall, you know. Oh, yeah. And and that slavery thing was 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 it. They couldn't see any support in him in that. So yeah. Um, funny enough, last year or was it last year? It was in twenty twenty. When the George Floyd protests mm. occurred in the States and yeah, there was huge uh, outcry and protests all over the States. Yeah. There was talks it's of tearing old. down statues mm-hmm. of the Confederates. Monuments, yeah. yeah. People here, there was a petition signed in, in Northern Ireland which gained about 1,200 uh, petitions to take down John Mitchell's statue in, Count, in Newry. And the odd thing is that there was no way any nationalist party in the national party in Ireland is Sinn Féin would support anything like that but maybe for the first time ever the unionists the unionist party mm-hmm. uh, supported it and it's very rare that they would agree on anything hmm. but they were probably afraid that this might um, carry on and there, right. there, there'd be yeah. other yeah Set of precedents. Yes, exactly. And there'd be other statues and um, commemorations of whatever would be removed and the people would not like. Yeah. They, they, yeah, yes, set, set a precedent. And mm-hmm. uh, anybody else that was seen as a, as a hero for whatever, they might find something wrong and they start doing the same thing. So anyway, the statue survived and it's still there. And uh, oh, yeah. It's definitely a domino effect. Yeah. I mean, there, there is GEA clubs, uh, Gaelic uh, sports, you know, um, Gaelic Athletic Association, that's the hurling and football governing body in Ireland. Um, there's clubs in, around the country 
which are named the John Mitchells, John Mitchells Club. Okay. And he still he still holds a lot of, um, you know, people still probably he, he, he would have been hailed as a much bigger figure, much bigger hero if he didn't have his views on slavery as huge, he did. Yeah, that's huge. That, that's it says a lot that, about a person. Just yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely somebody. I don't know why somebody don't make a film on him. You talk about some of these guys, and mm, people, and Michael Collins, will. and yeah, it, yeah, very colorful. So that's it, Laurie. That's our <laughs> that's our, our episode on John Mitchell. And I hasten to add, it's not our views. Any Correct. most of what we've uh, brought to you here in this episode is just a report on right how he lived and what he believed in and. And again, I'm still trying to wrap my brain. I guess I will never wrap my brain around unless, like I said, he had multiple personalities and and could within his brain reconcile the two. Yeah. Completely opposing ideas. Uh-huh. Makes no sense. Very odd. Anyway, yeah. all right. Well, this is the end of episode eleven, part B of John Mitchell. Um, we're done with this one. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of John Mitchell, and uh, we've said all there is to be said about him, I suppose. You can make up your own mind and your feelings about him. And um, we're now going we're going to be getting on the Irish road again. Yes, we're back on the happy treks and trails of Ireland, moving on from Cove and County Cork, and maybe next time Blarney and West Cork and uh, Killarney and places like that. And Kerry, we're back on our tour, and we'll be recording again very soon, right? Yep. Not waiting eight more months for the next one. So right. Tell, tell them where they can find us. Well, all our usual sites are there. Uh, the website, www.myirelandadventure.com. The Facebook page is up and running and getting lots of hits lately. Uh, My Ireland Adventure, of course, on Facebook. And there's a group that you can join. Uh, you'll have to fill out the form, of course, to be accepted into the group, which is great. Great crack in there. Lots of lovely people. Twitter page is there, too. My Ireland Adventure. We can be found on Instagram and all the channels the podcast can be found in uh, Spotify and Google Podcasts, iTunes, Pandora. There's a whole raft of them. I can't even think of half of them, to be honest. I never even heard of some of these <laughs> stations, there. but we're there anyway. We're being found on them Google all, which us. is fantastic. Thank you to everybody that tunes in and listens to us. It's, uh, it's just so good to see so many downloads all the time. It's wonderful. Thank all you right, so much. All right, there's our music. It's time to say goodbye. So I'm just going to cut out and say shalom to y'all. Okay, and I'll say the same thing. Goodbye in English. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. Okay.